This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Good evening. This is my first time preaching at PM, isn't it? It's pretty exciting. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for uh, trusting me with this. I've been, I've been uh, thinking about this topic uh, and thinking about my kind of history, I suppose, uh, my story. When I was a teenager and a young adult, uh, like a lot of you guys I'm looking at now, I was a pretty funny guy, like funnier than Nathan, like that funny. Um, I was really good at getting a laugh, uh, and my, my best go-to for getting a laugh was what I just did just then, which is bagging someone out. Is anyone, is anyone good at that? You don't want to own up. <laughs> um, I, was, I was good at, at getting a laugh. I was good at making people kind of, you know, think I was a funny guy. Um, I'd, what I didn't realize at the time uh, was that those jokes, while they were really funny, and I was a really funny guy, uh, those jokes were actually hurting people sometimes. And it's this weird thing where, like, that kind of bantery humor is, is really kind of, you're walking a fine line. Uh, and it's really easy to just kind of step over that line accidentally and make a joke that the person who everyone is laughing at doesn't think is funny. Uh, and and that, that joke stops being funny uh, and starts being hurtful. You call that banter? Do you guys use that word? Bit of banter? Just a bit of banter. Don't take it too seriously. It's just banter. Just jokes. Just bants. Um, that was my thing, right? Anyway, I had this mate. Uh, his name's Tim. Uh, and we'd been friends since forever. And he'd been a Christian. And he'd gone to church his whole life. And I'd just become a Christian. And so he thought, he needs a bit of discipleship. Uh, and so, you know, we're like 15. And he, he takes me aside in the playground at high school, and he says, Johnny, sometimes you make jokes that hurt people's feelings, and I don't think that's very Christian. And I was pretty cut. I was like, well, now you're not even making a joke. You're just being hurtful. <laughs> like, that's not cool. Uh, and it, it took me a couple of years, literally a couple of years, because, you know, I was a 15-year-old guy. It took me a couple of years to realize he was right and to swallow my pride and to go back and to say, I think you were right. I think sometimes I cross that line. Uh, and that's not right. Um, and so what I had to learn was that there's other ways you can make friends. There's other ways you can get in with the people that you want to be in with. Uh, even other ways to make jokes. You kind of have a choice in life. Uh, you can be that person who says things that are cynical, those things that are funny, who points out the kind of strange or awkward or point-outable things in people to get a laugh, or you can be that amazing person who goes around pointing out the things in people that make people go, yeah. Have you ever met those people? Actually, Nathan is one of those people. Um, people who will will just out of nowhere 
say something so encouraging, so affirming, to say, hey, I noticed this about you, you're doing a good job, like, I can see you're really trying, I can see you're making an effort, uh, anything like that. That's got a word of affirmation or a word of encouragement. Um, there's a verse I wanted to bring to your attention uh, from the Bible. Uh, this is Ephesians 4, verse 29, and it says this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Uh, now, that verse, uh, that's a hard verse, isn't it? Uh, first off, this is one of those verses in the Bible that says swearing is bad. I don't know if you knew that. The Bible doesn't reckon that using swear words is a good thing. You might have noticed that like Christians don't often swear. Occasionally they do, uh, but not often. I remember one time I was on a youth camp, um, and it was a youth camp with a bit of a difference. Uh, we went to a country town, and we were like helping out, helping people uh, with their like lives, I guess. Um, anyway, there was this older lady whose house was like falling apart, and the local church was like, there's a bunch of youth kids coming on a youth camp, can we help you? And so we got put to work clearing up the garden and like hosing down the walls and like scrubbing all the muck off the outside of the house and just kind of helping out because uh, she couldn't look after a house on her own. And I had this job of like, I had a hose and was hosing the wall and then one of my youth boys had a broom and he was brooming where I was hosing and we were like scrubbing the outside of this like old weatherboard house and what we didn't realize was that there was a wasp nest and as I sprayed up under the eaves this wasp came out and it flew just like straight at me and I won't repeat the word that I used in that moment but I will say that the youth kid standing next to me with the broom in his hand was shocked because <laughs> I don't swear except when there's a wasp flying straight at my head but yeah this verse isn't actually really focused on using swear words. It's actually even more challenging than that. It's saying not just don't use rude words, but don't use words that hurt people. And obviously, swear words are hurtful words, so that's included, but it's a bigger category. Hey, like anything, any words can be hurtful if you use them the wrong way. So do you use your words to put people down, to hurt them, or do you use your words to lift people up? Some of you guys might know this story already, just from the picture. Uh, this is by an artist um, called Armand Serrano. I think that's how you say it. Um, he works for like Disney and Marvel and stuff as an art director. Um, he's also a Christian, does some stuff for a website called The Bible Project. Um, Anyway, he's an amazing artist. And this artwork uh, is this moment in Exodus chapter 17. And what's going on is that uh, the Israelites have escaped from Pharaoh in Egypt, uh, and Moses is part of the sea, and they've gone through on dry land. You know that story? Yeah? Okay, that's the famous story, right? After they get to the other side, do you know what happens next? No. See, the, the, the famous bit kind of ends there. The movie's over, the credits roll. But actually, uh, they spend a whole heap of time 
wandering around in a desert. And while they're out there, uh, there is an army that comes and is like, this is our desert. What are you doing here? We're going to fight you. Uh, And so the two armies square off. And Moses goes up onto a mountain that overlooks the plain where where the armies are. And he goes up there with a couple of guys, his right-hand man, Aaron, and I guess his left-hand man, whose name is Her. Um, and they are quite literally his right-hand man and left-hand man. Because what he does is he puts his arms in the air to kind of signal to the army down in the plain beneath them. Uh, or maybe he puts his arms in the air to pray and to cry out to God. No one's quite sure. It doesn't say in the story exactly why he puts his arms in the air. But there's this thing where when his arms get tired, then the Amalekites start to win. And when his arms go up again, the Israelites start to win. And so Aaron and her grab him by the arms and they hold him up and they win the battle. And it's like a picture of us. That's, that's you and your mates holding each other up, lifting each other up, uh, helping each other out when we're feeling tired and worn out or scared or lonely or sad. But it's also a picture of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to read to you another verse it's from 2 Thessalonians. Uh, and I can't see it with the fairy lights in the way. But it says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us by his grace, gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. That's what God does. God strengthens us and comforts us. Our Holy, the Holy Spirit is our encourager. Um, and I've experienced that in my life over and over again. Uh, you open the Bible and you read these amazing words of life. Uh, God doesn't say to you, you're a terrible person, you're rotten, you're useless, I hate you. Have you read that in the Bible? You might have felt it, but it's not in the Bible. What God says is, I love you. I have made you in my image. You are loved and worthy of love. You are my precious child. You are my treasured possession. I'm not making those words up. They're all from the Bible. Did you know that's what it says to you? And yeah, the Holy Spirit might occasionally want to correct you when you're going the wrong way. It might want to say you need to stop living like that. You need to stop doing that. He might show you that you need to change, but he will never weigh you down with guilt and shame and make you feel worthless or hopeless. The Spirit speaks life and hope and love, grace and forgiveness and mercy. He removes our guilt and our shame through Jesus dying on the cross. He promises to work in us and change us and make us better. Do you know that? So this is my my word for us tonight. Romans chapter 1 verse 12. 
when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I've taken that completely out of context, haven't I? That's Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter to a church in Rome that he has never visited. He's never been there. He doesn't know these people personally, or he knows a couple of them. But most of them, he doesn't know them personally. And he's like, I want to come and see you. I'm going to write you this letter as a kind of introduction to who I am and what I believe. And then I'm going to come and see you face to face. And so he says in the introduction to that letter, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. And that's an awesome example. When you come to church, when you go to youth group, uh, when you go to your connect group, when you get together with your brothers and sisters in Christ, you are there to encourage them in their faith, and hopefully they will encourage you in your faith. Not just to have fun, not just to have a bit of banter, but to encourage, to lift up, to inspire, to excite, to drive forward. Tell someone that you notice them. Tell someone you notice when they're doing a good job. Tell someone you appreciate them. Tell someone they're putting in a big effort, even if they're not doing a good job. Am I right? Let's be people who tell someone that you've noticed that God has gifted them, that you notice that they're making a difference, that you believe in them, that you have their back. What I found, to circle right back around to me as a teenager, what I found was that when I started going to youth group and when I started hanging out with Christians who were like this, who were encouragers, was that I built way deeper friendships with those people than I did with the guys that I bantered with at high school. I could get a laugh, but I couldn't get love. When we invest in each other, when we lift each other up, we build community, a community of people who are lifter-uppers, not putter-downers, a community of people who are like our Jesus, the one who is our encourager and our comforter. So how about I pray that he would change that and make that true in us tonight? Loving Father, God, we, uh, we thank you for your love. Uh, we thank you for those words of life that you speak over us. Uh, we thank you that you, you build us, you lift us, you change us and transform us, you make us more and more like your dear son, Jesus. Lord God, uh, we're sorry for the way that we sometimes use our words, for the things that we say without even thinking, and the words that just slip out of our mouths and we can't take them back. Lord, uh, we pray that you would change our hearts by your Holy Spirit, uh, that you would enable us uh, 
to, to say those words of life uh, that you've said to us, that we would pass that on to others, that we would lift them up with our words. Lord, I pray that we would be people of life and hope and love, of grace and forgiveness and mercy, just as you are a God of life and hope and love and grace and forgiveness and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.